Welcome to Home Space and Reason, a podcast about creating a home that thrives. Hi there, I'm Christina Browning, your host. If you know your home could be so much more than it is, I discuss home functionality, aesthetics, and automation. I'm the home functionality coach and realtor. I geek out on various subjects regarding your home and yard, challenging you to think of your space differently to get the most out of every square foot. I pose questions for you to think through about your space and your reason. This podcast is all positive, offering you virtual fist bumps and celebrating every win. Remember, there's no such thing as perfect, but you can still aim for your best every day. In this episode, let's discuss aesthetics and functionality. If you have an Amazon Echo, you can say, play the Home, Space, and Reason podcast by Apple. Episode 25. This is a topic deeply personal to me. There are few things I love more than to walk a neighborhood and look at the landscaping and the doors, the flower boxes, and the architecture. I enjoy seeing the blooms as much as observing people's choices and taste. I've studied curb appeal for a long time, seeking out new neighborhoods to walk in new areas within the state that I live, but also when I'm on vacation. I've gotten really obsessed about it just in the last four years or so. What actually makes a property universally beautiful and attractive? The area starting at the curb, stretching all the way to your front door collectively, is the first thing visitors see and the only part of your home a pedestrian will potentially observe. First, I want you to take your phone out, go to the street or your driveway or the front of your home and take a picture an all-inclusive picture, like as if you were going to list your house, even if you're not. This photo should include the landscaping, the yard, the home top to bottom, the driveway, all of it in one shot. What I found is that when you look at a photo of your home, you see things that you wouldn't necessarily notice with your eye when you're there in person, like the bright purple garden hose that was so cute in the store but now sticks out like a sore thumb when it hangs on the front of your house. Maybe you didn't realize quite how many children's toys have accumulated in your front yard. Maybe you didn't realize how much paint had come off the white picket fence in the last 15 years since you bought the house. Having a good, hard, honest look at your curb appeal is an eye-opening exercise, whether you're going to sell your house or not. When a stranger looks at this house, What might they assume by the looks of your home? 
It's fun to imagine what cues a home gives off. A well-respected Maine fishing boat captain lives here with the Navy ship wheel in lieu of a wreath and coastal porch furnishings. Maybe a massive driveway and iron gates with initials in it frame a home set back in the distance. The driveway is flanked with trees. What type of person lives here? A humble family, maybe, who started out with just a tiny parcel of land. Over a lifetime, maybe they grew their operation to more than 16,000 acres of wheat or watermelon or corn. And maybe now this is their proud family operation. So the family initials are important. The land is important. The home is sizable but practical, and the porch features enough space for several generations of sweet tea sipping. Having great curb appeal creates pride that can be positively infectious. Taking your curb appeal to the next level may inspire the person across the street. And the couple that walks their dog each morning at 5 a.m. may just especially appreciate what your neighbor across the street has done. And so they go home and reimagine the exterior of their home, making tweaks to the porch and the landscaping. And then the mail delivery woman who comes by daily gets inspired and changes the walkway to her front door. And so goes the transformation. Your home can inspire people because the ripple effect is powerful. Let's talk for a quick moment about listing your home because as a realtor, I know in particular our RMLS, it's required that the exterior house front shot be the first photo. What that means is if the curb appeal is not everything it can be, the viewer shopping online at 3 a.m. may not even pause to read anything about your home. They'll never know about the greenhouse you added to the backyard. The next 25 images will never even get seen. The kitchen remodel with the wine fridge, it's all irrelevant if you can't get the viewer to pause on the first photo long enough to decide to look further into what the inside may have to offer. The first shot is the exterior front of your home, and it counts. Curb appeal counts, big time. It's also the first impression the buyers get when they arrive to your home. So if you're thinking of listing in the future, I do consults about your curb appeal and what changes you can make to get the most out of your investment. If you happen to live in the greater metro Portland, Oregon area, and you'd like to hire me as your realtor, reach out to me through social media or my website, spaceandreason.com. Okay, back to the front of your house. Let's look at your hardscaping. Have a look at the stepping stones, the cement, any flat surface between the driveway and your door, the stoop. Do you see cracks, mildew, moss, chipped paint? Look what you've got going on there with a critical eye. 
If you need to start a list of things to do, there's no better time than the present because it hints at how well you've taken care of the rest of your home. Albeit subliminal, it's important. And now for the questions to ask yourself about your exterior space and your reason. Question number one, when I stand outside my home, can I see a direct unobstructed route to walk up to the front door? If a person who's never been to my home before pulled up, would they understand how to get to the door visually? Just this one question is a big deal. I cannot tell you how many homes I have visited that have so much stuff going on between where a person parks and where a person enters the house. What can you clean up? What can you minimize or simplify? Question number two, are there any large trees, bushes, or bits of landscaping that were originally planted without forethought about how large they might become and are now obstructing light coming into the house? The biggest offender I see of this is when small flowering bushes are planted directly in front of the window in the front of the house. 10 years pass and now they're 15 feet tall and the front room ends up being a dark cave because the plants blocked all the light from coming in the front windows. It happened so slowly that the people living there sometimes don't notice, but what they do notice is that they're more depressed these days. Might it be because your home is dark because of the mature, misplaced landscaping? Now, don't get me wrong. I love mature, majestic trees and large, gorgeous bushes, but if they were planted without consideration of how large they would get, it can be detrimental both to your curb appeal and to your light factor on the inside of your home. Large and tall landscaping can be ideal to frame your home, flanking it and creating layers of interest. Remember too, for those people sitting on the porch, a screen of low plants provide a bit of space definition and a lovely view. So consider your plantings from every angle. Question number three. When you're standing at the curb, look at all of the window coverings on the windows that are front facing. Are they uniform? Now they don't have to be, but you might like that aesthetic better, which is why I'm simply posing this question. When we installed plantation shutters on the inside of our home, I only really needed them in the master bedroom, but decided to put them in our office as well. So when looking at the house from the outside, the windows were dressed symmetrically. Here's another interesting thought. I have seen light brown curtains in a main front window, and at first glance, it literally looked like the window was boarded up from the inside. It gave off a meth house vibe. So if the drapery is the color of cardboard or plywood, from the outside, it can have an unintentional bad vibe. 
Question number four, do I have a cohesive color scheme or design to the outside plants in my front yard? Limiting your landscaping color palette and being intentional about it can drastically change the curb appeal. Imagine a dark gray home with black as an accent, white on the trim, and a yellow door. The majority of the landscaping in the front of my home are different variations of green bushes, plants, shrubs, tall, short, all of it different shades of greens. This is definitely more modern and clean. I do have yellow tulips planted that come up in the spring and they play off the yellow door. The more color you add, the more English garden it can read. Reflect on your taste and what is already planted there. Here is an example. If you want your curb appeal to be more cohesive and you've got six different flowering plants happening right now, let's say pink, lavender, a dark red, violet, yellow, and white. Could you remove the yellow and white, leaving all jewel tones remaining? This would help your curb appeal, especially if your home is of the jewel tone color scheme. Another thing I've seen that was successful is the paint of the house was based off the landscaping, meaning this is calculated the other way around. So there was an especially gorgeous hydrangea planted out front, and the door was chosen based off that hydrangea. Everything else was neutral, and it was stunning. Likewise, five different white flowering plants of various sizes can look so wonderful juxtaposed against various greenery. The next time you're out on a walk and you find a home that you think is especially beautiful, observe what you like about the choices in plants. Do you love the hanging baskets of ferns that line the grand porch? Or maybe the cactus curation is especially unique. Question number five. Is my garage front facing? And if it is, is it painted in the same color scheme as your home? Or was it just left white? For some reason, I have seen this more often than I'd like to admit, the garage is a part of your home and it shouldn't look like an afterthought. Unless your garage door is especially ornamental and was intended to be white as a cohesive part of the home color, it shouldn't be white. I would suggest that you paint it just like you're painting the rest of the house, either in the main or one of the accent colors, preferably something that does not draw the eye if your garage is a standard run-of-the-mill garage door. No need to draw attention to it. Likewise, no need to draw attention to downspouts or gutters. Those should be painted out the same color as the main part of your home. Those are not accents. Gutters and downspouts are not accents. If the doors are carriage doors in style, then going with wood or something that suits the design to complement the luxury of it can certainly be stunning. Just make sure if you're drawing attention to it, that it is worthy of the attention. 
Question six, do you have intentional areas of rest in the front where there's just plain grass or just plain rock or small spaces of rest that gives the eye a break so that the focal point of your home can catch the viewer's attention without competing? And this leads me to question number seven. What is the dominant focal point of my house? And then, is it what I want it to be? When someone looks at that photo, the one that you just took, what is the first thing that catches their eye? Maybe the focal point is unintentionally your son's bedroom because he's chosen to put a Batman sheet over his window. And that was fine with you because, you know, it's his room. He's being self-expressive. But then after looking at your curb appeal starting photo, you realize the bat signal is being shot out the front window, life-size, beckoning for the good to come and fight the evil. What was that vibe you were going for? This is especially important if your home is going to be for sale. It can be a big turnoff, even if it's subliminal. Small things like a sheet hanging in the window can read frat house, or weeds filling the flower beds can read someone who doesn't care about home maintenance lives here, which can be a bad message to a potential home buyer. Question number eight. If I have a front-facing door and or a front-facing garage, could I, should I put something on either side of it? There is something about the uniformity, maybe even formality of two identical pots on either side of a front door that helps to elevate it. Symmetry is not only pleasing to the eye, it's also the simplest to arrange. Planting lush green foliage gently draws the eye toward the door. Maybe consider doing the same containers on both sides of your garage with an evergreen in it if that works where you live in your part of the world. Choose something for these pots that require minimal upkeep so it always looks good and doesn't require maintenance that may or may not get done consistently. The homes that grab my attention most have some sort of a uniform planting in an orderly way that invites your eye to what is most delightful about the house, whether it's the small waterfall that leads to a koi pond or an especially pleasing southern porch. This house is attractive to me because someone thought about what they were doing here. It makes me want to know the humans living there when you feel like the home is an extension of their personality and aesthetic. Question number nine. What does my front porch light look like? Does it work and is it the same or different as any other lights that may be on the front of my home, i.e. lights on the garage if you have a front-facing garage, and are they working? I find sometimes homeowners aren't even aware they've got burnt-out lights because they don't go on until they've retired into the house in the evening. 
much like the lights on your vehicle, unless you go test them, sometimes you don't even know when they're burned out. Lastly, could a medic or an emergency vehicle quickly and easily identify your house number from the street? Are your house numbers also attractive? Is it lit in some way? I found a great article on house about cool house number ideas, and I'll put them on the group Facebook page to share with you. Low voltage landscape lighting can also help your curb appeal while improving safety and security. There are so many solar options these days if you don't have access to a hardwired connection. Last question, number 10. Let's talk about the whole area around your front door collectively. Do I have a space big enough for, we're going to fill in the blank, a chair or a table? And if I do, have I ever sat there? If I have a porch big enough to dine on, have I ever dined there? I would encourage you to treat the front of your home as if you're getting ready to stage it for a magazine, except you're not. And then be so pleased with the results that you leave it that way for your own enjoyment. Heck, do that photo shoot yourself and just post it on social media. Share it with us on the group page. If you have a covered area, could you include an outdoor rug? What does your front door mat? look like. If it doesn't delight you, reconsider it. Do you have a wall-mounted mailbox? Every single thing that's going on around your door, including lighting, add the most appeal when they function collectively rather than winging it. We have two Adirondack chairs out front with a small table in between, and that contains a pot of chunky succulents. We sit out there to have morning coffee and watch the neighbors walk by. When your front area is set up to enjoy with a place to set your coffee, you're far more likely to use it. Please don't wait until you're selling it to make it magnificent. In all of these, please also consider the color of your roof and take that into consideration when you're truly seeing your home through another's eyes. Now let's talk about curb appeal as it pertains to taste. Because at some point you might have said, Christina, that isn't my taste. But I would challenge you here to simply question your own taste enough to be able to put your finger on it. I can appreciate walking up to a country farmhouse painted in pastels, for example, with an oversized porch and a porch swing. Maybe there's a rose garden along one side. Now, this is not a style home I would choose for myself. Nonetheless, I understand that it's stunning and it brings me a little joy looking at this house and imagining the souls that live there. I love seeing a home that clearly speaks about the kind of people who created it or helped it to evolve. When is the last time you wiped down the door handle and front door? I bet if you look close, you'll find some dirt smudges 
and it tends to get pretty grubby. Notice your self-talk. Be kind to yourself. What are you grateful for today? Maybe as much clean drinking water as you need. Maybe a roof over my head and an especially comfortable blanket. Maybe I'm grateful for the setbacks and failures that have made me stronger. As they say, it's the hard times that make the good ones so much sweeter. Maybe we can sip our coffee or tea tomorrow morning with special appreciation for it. We all face trauma and adversities, stresses. You emerge a more confident and courageous human on the other side of those challenges with profound personal growth sometimes. Try visualizing what you want rather than worrying about what you fear. Look for opportunities for self-discovery in an audiobook, an online class, in a podcast, or in your wood shop. If you're enjoying what you hear, write a review because it lets others know that this is a podcast worth listening to. Are there things about your bathroom that make you crazy? If you haven't, listen to episode 22 and geek out with me on all things bathroom related. Pet peeves, a potential remodel, staging a bathroom when selling, and new technology. You're going to want to subscribe to this podcast so when a new episode is released, it will automatically download. Yay for automation! If you enjoy visual examples, join the Facebook group called Home, Space, and Reason. If you subscribe and generally listen as the podcasts are released, it's relatively easy to reference the coinciding images. It's a great place to pose questions and chime in with like-minded people. Thanks for sitting in on this conversation about creating a home that thrives. I'm looking forward to seeing your pictures of your curb appeal projects, and I'll meet you back here for the next episode. (laughs) 